Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of Gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Kay Garcia. She's the CEO of Women Grow, an organization which aims to connect, educate, empower, and inspire female cannabis business owners in an expanding industry. How are you doing this afternoon, Kay? Really well. Thank you. I'm I'm really happy to have you on the show. Uh, we've been trying to we've been trying to book this for a while. Uh, the, the summit was in the way, and we'll get into all that. But before we do, I want to talk about you. Uh, what's your background? How'd you end up in the cannabis space? It's a strange story. I guess it's not that strange, but I've kind of been all over the place. And I went to Rutgers University to be a veterinarian. Decided that wasn't going to be a. I couldn't commit to the money. I couldn't commit to the amount of schooling. And then I was like, oh, let's try environmental law instead. And that was also not uh, where I ended up. I started working for Apple Computer. uh, And this was right before they started the retail um, arm of their business. And so I joined Apple. I was the photo girl. I helped them set up a lot of the new stores on the East Coast, um, became really involved in logistics and operations and stayed with Apple for about, I think it was about eight years. Then I moved to New York City. And that is actually where I met Jasmine Hupp, one of the co-founders of Women Grow. Uh, She hired me to work with her at a technology retailer in Manhattan. And I was creating websites and uh, e-commerce channels and working in customer support and setting up new Uh, different streams of revenue for that company. And while I was living in Manhattan, I got really, really involved in the startup scene. It was super attractive, hackathons, all of that kind of stuff. And I started working for a startup called MoviePass, Um, worked there for about a year. And I think that, I mean, I had experiences at Apple and and throughout my, my career, but it was really at MoviePass where I learned a lot about culture and how the culture of a company and the tone that you set as a founder really can impact uh, the experience of your employees and everything else that you touch. Uh, MoviePass was not a really positive environment and we were in the AOL Ventures office and me being one of literally maybe three or four women in the entire office was challenging, but it was watching, uh, certain behaviors be accepted and, and sometimes encouraged. That was really upsetting. Um, and I left movie pass after about a year to go work on a cattle farm, um, uh, raising cows and chickens and sheep and did that for a while, then came back to the corporate life to work for Estee Lauder companies in project management and IT and ran uh, their North American retail operations for a while. Had a little bit of a nervous breakdown. Um, Couldn't deal with a lot of the politics and craziness and moved to London. Uh, Sight unseen, had never been before and was like, this just sounds like a good idea. I could speak the language at least, so let's do that. And uh, (laughs) headed across the pond um, and Estee Lauder asked me if I would stay on as a consultant out of the London office. And I was like, sure, I need the cash. Uh, stayed there as long as the, as border patrol would let me. And then I had to come back to the States and that's where I ran to Jasmine again. And she's like, Hey, I'm really doing something interesting. It's weed and women. And I was like, okay, I have experience with one of those things. Um, 
and I joined Women Grow, and it was uh, June of 2015 as the director of operations, um, focusing on you know looking at what, what was going on here and and getting involved with setting up some infrastructure and, and logistics, and uh, realizing that hey maybe I should try some weed at this point in time. <laughs> uh, I had uh, then he was just my boyfriend, who's now my husband, but Ronnie. Um, he uh, obtained some very stinky stuff. And I was like, this is gross. Uh, <laughs> and I had my first joint in July of 2015. And it was a very amusing experience where it was like, is this high? Is this what people are talking about? Is this what people experience? Is this? And he's like, yes. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Um, and that's how I came to Women Grow. I mean, that's a really, really interesting uh, path. You know, we get a lot of people who are from real estate and, and that sort of thing. But but to come from Estee Lauder and Apple, I mean, that's that's a really incredible sort of story. Um, so so what is describe what Women Grow does and, and the mission uh, of the organization? So Women Grow was founded in 2014 by Jane West and Jasmine Hopp. And. The mission of Women Grow is to educate, empower, connect, and inspire the next generation of cannabis leaders. That's like our official tagline. I think the involvement of uh, women in a, a brand new and burgeoning industry is really critical. You know, you've, you've got all sorts of other industries where women are a part of them for sure, but not to the degree of with which they are currently in which they should be in the future involved in the cannabis space. I think women grow, um, you know, we're, we're really young still. We're just come like, we're about four years old, but we're trying really hard to, to serve a couple different audiences. We want to be the safe space for people that are interested in learning about the plant and about the industry that revolves around it. Um, we also want to provide resources to people that are, in the space already who are looking to grow their businesses or, or take on new challenges. And I, I think we're, we're kind of there. I, I envision a circle, right? So you, um, you've got newbies entering this space that have never operated a business before and they're learning and then they're becoming more educated. They're forming these new connections and then they sort of graduate and right. And they have this business of their own and they've got all of these like grand ideas. And then now they are taking that experience and they're educating the people that are coming behind them. And women grow is kind of like that space for those people to interact with each other. And we have our signature networking events that are on the first Thursday of every month. And we operate throughout the U S and in Toronto, Canada right now. Um, and people go to these events, they get to connect with people that have similar ideas and also totally different ideas, which is great. Then they get to partake in a little bit of education. Usually we have a speaker or some panelists that talk, and then we wrap that up with a little bit more networking. And we have infinite stories that we have to do a better job of collecting and, and distributing, but about how, oh, I met my partner at a women girl meeting. Oh, I met my, you know, I hired three people at this event. Um, oh, I came up with this brilliant idea and, and, and now I'm going to, you know, I, I found my accountant and my attorney at a women girl meeting. So we, we really seek to be that space for everyone to kind of come and, and connect. I mean, it sounds like, you know, so far you guys have, are experiencing success that you may not have anticipated with people meeting their partners there and uh, thing, things like that. Uh, that's uh, that's super cool. Uh, I, I know that you can't really speak to uh, 
how the organization has changed since its inception in 2014, but can you sort of describe to me uh, what changes you have noticed within the organization and even within the cannabis industry in your experience uh, since you joined Women Grow in 2015? Absolutely. So I, I know that when I came, we had we were somewhere right around high twenties, uh, low thirties as far as our reach. Um, women grow into different cities, and we kind of blew up um, in 2015. I personally, you know, was was helping to to lead the charge of opening more markets, thinking that that was the best thing to do. So by the end of 2015, we were operating in about 45 different cities simultaneously, which was fantastic. And it sounds great, right? Um, and then you're like, hang on a second, though. We don't have a plan for growth. We don't have a plan for any type of structure. What's our, you know, what's the longevity here? You just keep adding more people into this pipeline, but what kind of value are we actually providing them? So then 2016 was really an opportunity to take stock at what what our core mission was and, and to go back to that. Um, and we have a membership program now that we didn't have in, in the beginning. Um, I think we have less markets operating at a given time right now, but they're more stable and they're consistent. I think it's a lot more um, valuable to have a market leader. You know, like I look at our New York market cause that's pretty close to me and Tanya is hosting event, not only signature networking events every month, but then she holds extra events and like high teas and, um, she does some stuff with merchandise. And, and so there's more value to the community around her because she's more present in it. Um, and back when we had 45 markets, it sounded great on paper, but we weren't having events consistently in each of those markets. So I know that that's something that we've, we've definitely changed. And I think, there's always a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion across all industries, but I think in the cannabis space, it's especially important just given you know, the war on drugs and um, disenfranchisement of black and brown people. And now you've got a lot of, at times, rich white men and women that are being lauded for their efforts in the cannabis space. Meanwhile, that path was trailblazed by somebody else who might be sitting in a jail cell right now for having a dime bag on them. Um, so I think as an organization, we've really focused on looking at the markets and making sure that we have representation from all different communities in our markets. Um, we have had issues in the past where, you know, there, there might be a market that's in, uh, a community, a community that it, uh, has mostly black and brown people and it's only ever white women at this event. And that doesn't really represent the community well. And I don't think that represents our mission well if we're not speaking to to the entire community and, and who is uh, most present in it. Um, but I think at our leadership summit um, just this past, well, I guess a couple of weeks ago now, um, walking into the room and seeing a multitude of faces that some people are uh, clearly you know, that we've had Asian people, we had black people, we had brown people, we had white people, and, and everybody was together and everybody was focused on connecting with each other and focusing on this mission, uh, instead of focusing on, uh, just the color of someone's skin. So with your sort of, you know, your diverse background in industry and, um, you know, now, now you're obviously recognizing some of the issues that are, that are 
in in the cannabis industry, um, which I mean that you, you've really processed a lot in in a few short years. Was there any sort of trepidation for you entering a space that carries the stigma? At my core, I'm a problem solver. And that's basically all I ever want to do is solve problems. And within this space, there are a lot of problems that need to be solved. Um, but you know, that's a, you know, the, the organization's new. Obviously, this is my first time as a CEO. And I mean, everybody's got to have it sometime, right? Um, but I, I've been leaning on the people that support me and support our mission. And so um, Gia Marone, who she came to Women Grow in uh, January of 2017. She came on board to do a lot of uh, media relations. I made her our director of communications officially as an employee um, last year. And then at our summit, we announced her as an executive vice president role. But, you know, Gia doesn't look like me and Gia doesn't have the same background as me. So she has different perspectives on things. And I really value that. And I, I've talked to her. I mean, it's funny because her um, and my husband, they talk about how I'm, I'm the wife of both of them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd be laying in bed. It's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm talking to G on the phone and Ronnie's just like, okay. (laughs) Um, But it's that, that sharing of ideas um, and, and listening to someone else's perspective on things and kind of opening your mind. I'm, I'm a big fan of saying strong opinions, loosely held. I will feel very strongly about something, but I also need to listen just as strongly because maybe I'm not thinking about something. Um, you know, and, and I think in the cannabis space, it's touchy, right? It's, I mean, it's race relations and that's a very, very difficult topic. Um, and, what I really value about Gia's perspective is as a black Latina, she has, she's opened my eyes to a lot of things, um, that I just didn't even know existed. Uh, you know, and, and they could be as silly as like, I didn't know that there was a black people birthday song, but I love it. And she told me about it and it's a riot. Um, but then there's also things like, Hey Gia, you know, like how can we, how can we make a difference? Um, you know, it, it's more of, than just about signature networking meetings. It's, but it's, you know, and, and it's making sure that we have representation in our markets. And Gia was a huge force in that and helping me understand what kind of qualities we need to look for. Um, and she's really been a mentor for me throughout this whole process. Well, I want to talk to you. You had mentioned Leadership Summit. I want to talk to you more about that. Uh, before we do that, we got to take a break. This is the Entrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfall. If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gontrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gontrepreneur job board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gontrepreneur.com to create your profile today. If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gondrepreneur Business Directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at to activate your unique coupon. 
Hey there, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TG Brandfall, here with Kay Garcia, CEO of Women Grow. Totally fabulous. Um, so you, you said earlier, uh, you talking about your leadership summit happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, what, uh, d- describe to me, what happens at that event? Um, you know, how, how was the interest compared to some of your previous summits? Um, and, and was there concern about federal policy changes by the attendees, you know, sort of give me the, give me the rundown on, on the feeling at this summit. Yeah. So I guess even just leading into summit, um, there was a lot of, a lot of back and forth going on. It's like, Oh, what session's going to do? And like, Oh, you know, the, the coal memo and, and all of these different policy changes. And I think in the end, people definitely, uh, got a little scared, um, we had some people that were on the fence about sponsoring because they weren't sure if they wanted to put their names out there, um, and, and make a, I mean, not if they didn't have a target on their back already, but make it bigger. Um, but I think in the end, you know, summit is a unique experience, unlike any of the other cannabis conferences out there, unlike, you know, at, uh, cannabis aside, you know, I, I've been to a lot of different types of conferences and it's, it's very much, um, it's very different. And so the format that we typically follow is people start coming in on, on Wednesday. Um, we do some special kind of extra content, um, for our market leaders as a, you know, so that they get to, you know, thinking we basically never see each other face to face. Um, so this is the one time a year that not only do, does like women grow headquarters or the, the few employees that we have get to see each other, but this is the only time that the market leaders actually get together in, in a room at one time. And so this year we did some stuff on, um, cannabis and sexuality, which was really exciting. We got a really great, great feedback about that. Um, and then Wednesday night, we typically have a, a party for our speakers and our sponsors and everybody just to kind of get together. And then Thursday, we kick off the lightning talks. And these are consistently amazing. Um, think about, you know, TED Talks, that kind of style. And you've got women up on stage and men this year um, sharing stories of success, of failure, and, and how to get through both of those equally. And there's always tears in the audience every single year. Um, and it's really great stories. There was, uh, Michelle Dumay was telling, um, her story about her child. And of course, you know, waterworks everywhere. And people are just like, this is amazing. And her kid's alive. Thanks to cannabis. And, you know, she's a, a divorced Muslim woman and she's talking about her experience, um, just in life, not even just in cannabis. And, um, yeah, so that's Thursday. And then Friday, uh, we have panels and workshops. And this year we added something called experiences. Um, so people can get a little more hands-on. We had a joint rolling class with Jane West. Yeah. (laughs) Willie's reserve came and and they debuted, um, Annie Nelson's new line of chocolate. Um, and so we had a a massive line for, um, for some hot chocolate there. Um, and we also, what, what we do a little differently with our sponsors too, is, you know, we want people, we don't want it to just be, you know, walk past a sponsor and forget about them. We want to show our sponsors that we care about them. And so we just put them right in the middle of everything. And, um, one of our sponsors, uh, is a, like a CBD spa type of experience. She set that up in one of the presidential suites. Cool. And, um, she, uh, had like massages and foot baths and creams and all sorts of, 
goodies, both infused and not available for, for people to take part in. But it's really, you know, it's focused on health. It's focused on wellness. It's, it's again, going back to that mission of connection um, and making sure that people are connecting with each other and sharing their experiences. And during that summit, you guys uh, announced a Women Grow TV channel on Twitch. Uh, this is something I've, I've noticed. Uh, you know, there's Burn TV. There's there's a lot of these uh, companies that you know that are that are using the internet, such as Twitch, um, you know, to launch these media platforms. Tell me, tell me what's what's going to be on the channel. What's already on the channel, and uh, what other content might you guys be considering as it matures? All of it. Um, so, you know, we, we have had, uh, a bit of difficulty being, you know, we're a networking organization, but everybody that's not in the cannabis space only focuses on the cannabis part of our business and that we have a leaf in our logo. So we've had difficulty, you know, with a lot of other platforms, um, either taking our content off or, uh, not letting us have access, uh, to our content. And so, you know, we were, talking about where are we going to have a home for all of our, you know, previous summit talks and other things that we wanted to start posting. We've been doing some educational webinars on investment with um, some of our cornerstone partners and said, where are we going to kind of have all this stuff live? And um, my husband, he's into the video games and um, came you know, just started thinking about Twitch and how they've been kind of entering into stuff outside of video games. And, you know, we could be right up there with Julia Child and Bob Ross. Like, why not? Um, and so we had a we developed a partnership with Loot Interactive um, and Tim Sabian. Some of some people might know him of Howard Stern fame. And uh, we've been working on putting more content up there and, and focusing on really getting a lot of um, our either our signature networking events or um, I'm actually right now I'm in the process of uploading some of our lightning talks from this year's summit onto the, onto our channel. Um, but we're really looking to do a lot of different things. And if you're and it, it doesn't have to be focused only on women, it can be men too. Um, but we want to make sure that our members and people that are, have always been supportive of women grow, that they're getting some light shined on them as well. Um, and so, you know, we're going to be starting to do member interviews, um, talking about different regional updates. You know, um, I live in New Jersey, there's a lot going on and I'm sure people want to know what that is. Um, and so making sure that we can give maybe weekly updates, across all the different regions that Women Grow represents um, and let people know what's happening. Um, talk about uh, different products that are, that are available. Um, uh, really anything. I, I know that the, our, the loot guys, they were like, oh, there's the can of butter guys on, that are on Twitch too and we can get them. And, um, and I was like, yeah, but it's a whole bunch of dudes. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to give my channel to, you know, if there's supportive men out there, Sure. Why not? But let's, let's get some ladies up uh, and, and put the camera on them and let them shine. So you're telling me that just because you talk about cannabis and have a leaf in your logo, you have been denied the, the ability to push content on certain mediums. Yeah, we were, we were told it's, you know, it's, uh, it's cannabis focused. And I was like, it's education. We're like talking about molecules and things like that. Like, first of all, not that many people are interested in that kind of depth, but it, but the people that are, it's like, we're not, we're not saying, Hey, go to this street corner at two o'clock and I'll sell you a joint. We're talking about like, this is how you write a business plan. And because of, I mean, we've had trouble. I had to fight to get a bank account. 
um, yeah. And, and I finally, I, I walked into a bank, a bank that was having some PR troubles of their own. And I was like, listen, you need a women owned business on your roster. And they were like, okay, you're right. It's like, okay, cool. But that was after walking into six other branches, uh, you know, across New Jersey and, and nobody wants to even give us a time of day. And it, it's, it's silly. It's, uh, it's, it's a problem. Was, was that something that you were expecting, you know, coming from the non-cannabis industry? Were you thinking, oh, you know, this is just, you know, sort of a networking organization. Were, were you prepared to be, you know, turned down by platforms and banks? No, not at all. I mean, you know, coming from tech and having to raise money as a woman, that was bad enough. Um, that's super challenging for a lot of reasons. And I was expecting that fight. I was not expecting that because I had a leaf in my logo that I was going to have to come up with all sorts of like creative arguments. And essentially, I mean, Tim, I literally just had to go through a special corporate review process for life insurance because I am a, because as a, you know, an employee of women grow, it's a cannabis company. And I'm like, wait a second. You mean that because I work out of my home doing office and clerical work, I'm subject to a special review process. And like, it's that kind of stuff that people don't necessarily think about, um, but it still happens. That's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. I've never heard that in my life about the, about the insurance. And I mean, I work from home and I write about cannabis, but you know, no one's going to give me life insurance anyway. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, right? So people will talk about, like, I'm going to get in the cannabis business. Do you really know what that means? Because it's things like this that you don't necessarily think about. And then you, when you, and so then maybe that's an opportunity, right? I'm an ancillary business or I, or I want to get into, into the space. What can I do? I'm an insurance broker. Like, what do people care about that? Well, people care about that quite a lot. If you can be in charge of underwriting policies for people that are in, you know, roles like I am, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm literally sitting in an office at home typing on a computer all day. What's so terrible about that? It's the same thing that the, the, the company across the street does, but it doesn't matter. It's because I have a leaf in the logo and now people look at me with extra scrutiny and, and at times unwarranted. So the industry has a need for help with that kind of stuff. Life insurance, business insurance, business insurance is incredibly difficult. And when, when you do get it, it, it's often super expensive because people associate added risk with what you're doing. Meanwhile, if I was throwing parties with wine and beer flowing, people wouldn't look at that with a second glance. I, I'm I'm really happy you shared that because th that's not an issue that I, I don't think a lot of people recognize. I mean, something just as simple as life insurance. Um, I, I want to talk to you more um, about some of the issues um, concerning females in the cannabis space and, and the representation there. Before we do that, we got to take a break. This is Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfall. At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of canna bias, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. 
This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TG Brandfault, here with Kay Garcia, CEO of Women Grow. Um, so the, the first thing I wanted to really sort of discuss in, in this last part is the, the rate of female executives in the cannabis space is about 27%, according to a 2017 Marijuana Business Daily report. The rate of women in executive positions in U.S. businesses as a whole is about 23%. Um, it's, not an, it's not an insignificant difference, but, but it is. I mean, it's, it's it's a you know almost five percent difference there. Um, what do you attribute that to as somebody who you know is a woman who works in the industry who talks to these uh, this these women all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the numbers uh, they're good. They could be better. If you look at the trend from 2015, and you could argue on some of the data collection on 2015 numbers, but overall, like the rate of women is actually declining as opposed to increasing. Um, I think women women are a little tricky, right? So women look at uh, you know potential investments differently than men do. They look at business plans and 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 take risks differently than men do. I think women tend to be more hesitant. Um, and that's primarily because they're looking at all of the different options. Let's see, you know, here's all the things I can like here's 50 things that can go wrong. Here's two things that can go right. But I think that's a good attitude to have and I would like more women to get involved so that we can have better practices overall in the industry and all that. But when you look at the the space as a whole, you've got skin creams and, and like topicals. And that's a, a really good um, way for women to get involved because that's primarily like a female product and, you know, women are using something, they could probably know best how to make it or how to market it. Um, when you look at cultivation and growing, I feel like that's more predominantly male. Um, although there are a lot of women that have been involved in growing since forever. Um, but getting them to come out of, you know, essentially the closet, um, and say, come down out of Humboldt County and out of Mendocino and, and come and be part of this burgeoning industry. That's really challenging, um, for lots of reasons, but what's happening in the cannabis space right now is you're starting to see people with money that have not been in cannabis before get very curious and get very interested. And I know, several women personally 
who have had fantastic businesses that they started and made extremely successful. And then through a series of events have either been bought out or pushed out of those same businesses by men with more money. Um, and that's unfortunate. And I think that's contributed to the decline of women in, in leadership roles. I think it takes a lot of money to, to get started in cannabis. Um, and it is certainly not an easy job. Um, it takes long nights, lots of sweat, um, and probably a lot of tears too, but it is something that we, we need more women in the space to make that a little bit easier for all of us. What sectors are you seeing women in the cannabis industry most active? Is it that scrim skin cream? Is it edible edibles? Marketing, lots of marketing. Um, you know, you, you think of typical, like, you know, go back to 10 years. I mean, go, go back two years, um, uh, or go back even to last year. Uh, and you look at marketing for, for cannabis and it's a lot of that like bro-y type of stuff. I don't know how to describe it, but it's, you know, naked chicks with weed strategically placed <laughs> on their bodies. Rap albums. Like, like, um, like graffiti font and, and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily appealing to, um, not, not even all men care for that too, uh, let alone women. So, uh, you know, like when I started working for Apple and I go back to like that tech space and you, you, the approach that we took to retail stores was completely different. I remember when I was a little kid going into a computer store with my mom to buy a gateway 2000. And the guy looked at my mom, like she was like, she didn't know anything. She had done all her research. She knew more about the computer than he did, but she didn't get that respect because she was a woman talking about tech. Um, and the changes that Apple retail made to like that retail store design are, were really revolutionary. And you can walk into dispensaries now. I mean, I, I think the, the clinic in Colorado is a really good example. It has a very clean feel. You've got people behind the counter that know what they're talking about and they're very friendly. And a lot of people that are walking to dispensaries are new to, to this whole space and they don't know the difference between CBD and THC or, or how this topical is better for this type of pain. And this, um, this strain is better for this type of headache or whatever. So you're dealing with a, a huge gap in knowledge and you need to have people that, um, have that softer touch. And a lot of times that's a woman. Um, so whether she's the one that's providing that knowledge or educating the staff, on how to provide that type of support, working on design of, of retail, um, stores or, or, or product design marketing to women who are huge consumers of cannabis. And there's some studies that show that women's consumption has skyrocketed compared to men's. Um, and, and again, that's not, it's not just smoking the plant, right? So you could be vaping, you could be using it as a topical, you could be using a transdermal patch. There's all different ways of consumption. And I think women being, you know, as they always have been the caretakers of the household, they're making those choices, not just for themselves, but also for the family. And so whether it's an adult use situation or a medical use situation, women are getting involved and women need to be targeted and marketed to. In which sectors do you, are you seeing the most underrepresentation of women? Investment. <laughs> um, there's not, I mean, and I think that's not just cannabis, right? That's across everything. But um, you know, the, the VCs that, that have the funds are how many of them are women? Not many. 
But I think that that's changing. Um, you know, I just was at a conference up at Yale last week and, uh, I was on a panel with Gene Sullivan, um, uh, Emily Paxia, and, and, and they're both reputable in the cannabis space. And, um, they're working hard to get more women businesses, uh, funded. I think you've also got, um, within cultivation, if you, if you go to, so I, I look at New Jersey and you go to any of the treatment centers here, um, or any of the grows that are in those treatment centers, you're looking and, and you're not seeing a lot of women necessarily in, in that trimming capacity or in the cultivation capacity. I think there's a lot of women that have a green thumb, um, and that they just need to be told that it's okay to focus on this plant as opposed to, you know, growing some basil in your backyard. Um, but I, I think cultivation, we could definitely see more women. I think we can definitely see more women in um, funding rounds. Uh, and just overall, if you have an idea, just take the chance and, and go for it. So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs, be it male or female, looking to enter the space? You know, you, you have a breadth of experience in other industries. Uh, you have a very niche uh purview in the cannabis space. So, so what's, what's your advice for entrepreneurs? Be prepared. Um, people look at the cannabis space and, and they get googly eyed with how much money that they think they can get. It doesn't happen overnight and it does not come by easily. So however you want to get involved, I think the, the better way is to go through an ancillary route, you know, and come in as a marketer or an accountant or provide legal services, you know, uh, provide logistics support and fulfillment, um, tracks and things that don't necessarily touch the plant will be easier for you to get funding for, for investment, for, um, you know, just opening up a bank account. As I mentioned, it, it's easier for you to get involved that way. If you do want to get involved with touching the plant, um, that's also an avenue for you, but be prepared to spend a lot of money. Um, it, it takes a lot of money to make a lot of money and you can expect that investment to not provide you a return for a, a good couple of years minimum, probably a lot longer than that. Um, but I would say being prepared is, is key. And when you, over the past few years, I've been out to Colorado and California and Arizona and Nevada, and I've looked at all of these different states and, and every state has their own type of rules and regulations. And then you go up to Canada where they truly treat cannabis as medicine and they have their own challenges up there. But I remember being, I think it was back in 2016, we had a bunch of Canadian folks come down and they were touring dispensaries in Colorado and Granted, a lot's changed since then, but back then they were horrified at how people were allowed to touch the plant with their bare hand. And people were like, oh, you know, sniff this or touch this because the, for a lot of people, cannabis is medicine and you need to treat it that way and, and you know, be very clean and, and organized. And so we've seen regulations change drastically just in the past few years. Now, if we, and I mean, you know, all of us, but especially women who tend to be a little bit less risk taking, if you can prepare yourself and prepare your business and instill practices today that reflect the most stringent regulations on the planet, not just in your state, but if you can, if you can take, you know, Canadian regulations or wherever is, uh, they're very strict. Imagine what that will look like for you 
being successful two, three, five years down the line, when more regulations come down, whether it's state or federal, you'll have already been operating that way. You'll already be prepared. And then so the other people that have to spend a lot of extra money and uh, extra time and may go out of business because they didn't have the, that preparedness, now you're the only girl in the game. And now you can get more money and you can have a more successful business. So be prepared like a boy scout <laughs> or, or a girl scout. Um, there you go. So, so where can, fi- where can people find out um, more about women grow the, the summit, the Twitch channel, you know, give us the rundown. Yeah. Sure. So womengrow.com is our website. Um, you can find out how to, if you're interested in starting a market, you can, there's an application there. If you're interested in finding your local market, there's a list of signature networking events so that you can see when the next one is, which are actually, again, first Thursdays. So we'll be, uh, coming out with one soon. You can also sign up for our newsletter and that's really the best way to keep in touch with all things women grow. We make all of our announcements through our newsletter. Um, we also have our Twitter and Instagram handles, which is both at women grow. Um, but sign up for that newsletter, get involved, start making some connections, join our Facebook group, come to next year's leadership summit and come to, I guess in a couple of weeks, the next signature networking event in your area. Okay. I mean, this has been a really, really great uh, conversation. I, I'm delighted that we were able to find the time, uh, you know, especially after the summit uh, to, to, to touch base. Um, you know, th- thank you so much for your insight. Uh, it was really a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Tim. It's been a really great time. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfault. 